The naming of passenger car categories in Australia is a bit like boxing weight divisions. There are more boxing categories, and most organisations have 17 segments. They start out with heavyweights, of course, but about halfway down, they're already into the lightweight category. So below that area, there's a plethora of names like bantamweight, flyweight, and in one case, atomweight. Now in Australia, about halfway down the passenger car sizes, they call them small cars. Then there, Corollas and Mazdas, where in fact they're now quite sizable vehicles. Now below that are light cars, and below that again are the micros. Now the Holden Spark is a micro, and they now have a new model in the market. Starts at about $15,000, depending on the sales that are going, and that's for a manual. It's not the cheapest in the category where uh, price is considered to be a major factor. But it has class-leading power, which is okay, but also some modern technology, which might appeal to the market age that they are likely to buy this type of vehicle, an age that I left behind some years ago, uh, as did Errol, perhaps not quite as many years. And Errol Smith and I have been driving the vehicle. Errol joins me on the line now. Errol, is this a vehicle in its own right now that it's not called the Holden Spark? I think it's sold well in overseas markets, hasn't it? Well, this was one of the uh, highest selling cars, fastest selling cars in the U.S., a couple of years ago, they were only sitting on the dealer's floor for about six days before they'd uh, walk out. So um, it has been a, quite a popular car around the world. Yeah, you wouldn't have thought that in the American market, would you? No. Because these are, are these little runabout cities. And in fact, this you have a number of nice features about this in its ability to get around in a city environment. You found it easy to drive? It's very easy to drive. And, and I think the, the biggest thing that category in general but this car in particular has is the combination of its size and an excellent turning circle and it makes it just incredibly easy to park and and maneuver. I drove it out the other day and a couple of times I was just not quite far enough forward. I tried to move as far forward as I could for cars to move onto the inside and go for a left turn, and big four-wheel drives couldn't make it. I then drove down a street where a car was turning right, and I squeezed into what was almost like a little bicycle lane beside it, and I could fit through quite comfortably, and I think that's the feature. It's yes. just so easy to get around yeah and, and i'd park it in squeeze it into a tiny spot thinking i'd only just made it in and i'd get out and there'd be a meter in the front pack fuel economy of course is very good you're looking at about just over five liters per 100 on the combined so uh very very uh very much a sipper of, of fuel now the price of them they're not the cheapest on the market the mitsubishi mirage starts at about twelve thousand plus on road so about 13 or so thousand as is the drive away price for the suzuki solero uh and that has a pro- drive away price of about thirteen thousand dollars this is a little higher that doesn't exclude it from the market i don't think no and you've got a, a much bigger name behind it so I guess they're they're sort of banking on that. You're looking at about about 15k on the road for the manual and about 17 for the uh, the auto, which is the what we got. And the thing about that is that uh, actually they started a bit higher, but Holden soon realised they'd overpriced it a little bit. Technology was it easy to uh, Bluetooth stream and things? It's got a probably one of its pluses is the entertainment system. It's got Apple Play and Android Auto and. Um, usual Bluetooth streaming and auxiliary and USB and all, all that kind of stuff which you'd expect on a quite a good screen for a, a for an entry level car. 
Well, it's the only one with a screen, really, I think, in the category. A seven-inch screen, not too bad. Did you find it comfortable? Yeah, I did. It's It's got a, um, a fairly upright seating position and so you're fairly high in the in the scheme of things for a small car like this so you've got really good visibility and um it's got good headroom as well the only thing lacking was in the comfort department was the steering wheel you can't adjust forwards and backwards so if you're really fussy you might miss that five seats it'd be a bit of a squeeze for those in the back the rear boot room is uh, clever but small until you fold the seats down I suppose you could squeeze three adults in the back if you really wanted to. <laughs> Wouldn't want to be on a long trip. You can flat fold the um, the rear seats, and you can also fold forward the the base of the rear seat to make them fold even flatter. So it's actually pretty flexible in the storage department, and it's got a fair amount of cup holders and and things in inside. So it's not too bad for a, such a tiny car. Yeah, I don't think we're talking about putting families in with all their gear. No. It's 180 litres in the boot, which is not big at all. Fold it down and it's nearly a 1,000 litres, which is pretty good. And I think that's more the sort of style you do it. You've got one or two people up front, and if you need to throw a bit of gear in the back, then you're going to fold the seats down. The engine, 1.4 litre, it's all new, four-cylinder. Some of its competition is three-cylinder turbos. This engine actually, for the size of the category, has market-leading power. 73 kilowatts, which is something you'd used to get in a, a car, you know, at least a category bigger, and 124 newton metres of torque. You've got the choice of a five-speed manual or a, or a CVT auto. Uh, so, yeah, it's, it's pretty quick for, for a little car. 73 kilowatts for the Spark. The Kia, the new Picanto just out, 63 kilowatts. Mm. The Mirage, 57, and the Suzuki, 50. So the Spark is ahead of it. And I think I actually like four cylinders. The old three-cylinder turbo, I think they tend to have to work hard. And there's some research that suggests that on the road, their fuel consumption is uh, of the smaller three-cylinder competition is not necessarily as good as the small engine might indicate it should be. Yeah. And so I, I found the donk in it was, um, yeah, it didn't scream too much and, and wasn't too bad, but uh, you weren't a great fan of the CVT. No. I, I actually thought it was a really cheap conventional auto. It was that <laughs> bad. Um, but um, it's looking into it, it's, it's actually a, what you might call a hybrid CVT. So it does have a two-speed gearbox as well as a CVT component if you can get your head around that if you're not used to a CVT you'll be very confused by this but it does get the car around and it's not it's not really broken it's just a bit um, unconventional I think that's probably the size of the car and the engine a bit as well mm. and by the way it doesn't work like a, a full CVT they actually almost artificially if you like put stepped gears in it so that it's not just revving away at any rev and picking the continually variable transmission type idea uh, over an infinite number of ratios yeah yeah so it, it does have a, a, a two-speed you know a high and low range for a better a better mm. term it does have a distinct shift in a gear change mm. um, I, I found that it tended to engine brake a bit too much going down hills a little noisy too it's noisy overall you get a fair bit of road noise and, and engine noise through it but uh, it's not not uncommon for a car of this this size and sort of price bracket they can't sort of afford the to throw as much insulation in and, and things nor things like cruise control or review camera in the base models 
Yeah, well, I mean, you have to give Holden some credit for, for giving us the base model. Often we're given the top-spec model so we get a better opinion of it. You don't get cruise or rear-view camera or sensors in the base model. They, they are options on the base model, and if you get the, the higher-end one, you get a, you know, a few more toys in that. Um, if you get the LT, it's got a few more options in it leather look-alike things as well i think i found one of the things that uh, is somewhat surprising is the rear windows are still wind up the 15 year old thought this was the dark ages i can't remember the last car we had that had wind up rear <laughs> windows but uh yeah in the in the um the, the lower end model that we had the the rear windows are, are manual winders you got electric mm. electric fronts they try and make it, it is a, a, a four-door car, or five-door with the hatch at the back. They try to make the rear doors uh, on the side look hidden, a little bit like old Alfa Romeos, that uh, the door handles are somewhat hidden, particularly from about the three-quarter angle from the front. It looks like a three-door car. You prefer to sort of boast of uh, more accessibility, wouldn't you? Yeah, I, I think if you if you only saw this casually you might think it's a three-door i <laughs> think it's not as practical a car it's 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 an interesting design idea maybe it looks better with that it's it's hard to hard to judge looks errol you what, what do you think about looks it's got quite a number of creases and angles on it and little bits around the tail lights that certainly don't make it just look like a flat-sided little shopping trolley on wheels it's got a bit of style about it yeah i think it does it's you know, a little a little cuter than uh certainly the previous generations this is based on the uh sort of still comes out of the sort of the daewoo part of gm if you can if you can remember back that far each generation has has lost a bit more Daewoo in the looks department, and um, <laughs> I think this one is is actually not bad looking. It goes back to what was it the Daewoo? Well, what this this is little... this is based on the Matiz. The Matiz, it goes way back. You have to it? go back mm. about three three generations to the early. 2000s when it was still called the Matiz. I remember the Matiz. I think I road tested it. I don't think it had an air conditioner. This one, like all new cars, does. That's uh, <laughs> how far back these things go. All right, Errol. Um, overall, I think uh, we find then, and I think the handling of the car has actually been adjusted a bit for Australian conditions. This has become a mantra of most Korean cars uh, that are built by Korea. They do bring them out here and Australianise the suspension a bit. <laughs> the general feeling was you're not talking about race-bred thoroughness, but you're still talking about a car that points and handles in a reasonable manner. Yeah, I, I drove it in suburban settings on the, and on the freeway and it, it handles quite well. You couldn't, you couldn't really pick it as, as having any kind of bad handling. My, my only criticism of the design is uh, the front ground clearance is quite bad. Oh, yes. It's not a sport model or anything where you would expect it to have a low front skirt, but it does. <laughs> for that, that's they'll claim in the advertising that's Ferrari-like. Yeah, is it? Yeah, perhaps. <laughs> yeah, so you do you do have to take your your speed bumps and your your driveway lips uh, gently. Errol, a word of caution, uh, but uh, a lovely summary. Thank you very much for your time. No worries, David. And that's Errol Smith, and we were talking about the Holden Spark, a microcar on the Australian market.